May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children. New Hope Worship Team, if you can make your way to the stage, please.
up, Community Church? How's everybody doing this morning? If we can make our way back to our seats, if we can step into the presence of God this morning. Uh, 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 uh. I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. I love worship and I love giving God my all. I love giving him my all. And I, and I hope you guys want to give him your all to gain everything that he has today, right? Gain everything that he has for us. Just some quick announcements. Quick announcement. We're back up. We have our Monday night. Celebrate recovery. 7 o'clock. This is for anybody with any hang-up, hurt, or habit, or struggling with anything. Anything. I mean anything. Two, nothing on Tuesday. See? I was on a roll. Dang it. Wednesday. Bible study. Third. Uh, Bible study at 7 o'clock. This is for everybody. Uh, this will be on the message that we spoke in today. So if anybody has any questions, any, any I guess, concerns or anything you want to ask, bring it to Bible study. Um, that's it. That's it. And then also, this Saturday at 4 o'clock down, down in the hall, there will be a skincare class. If you want to know how to, I guess, foliate your skin, those are words, right? Exfoliate your skin, right? But if you want to just, just get clean skin, nice skin, I guess, you know. Downstairs, 4 o'clock in the hall. This is for everybody, everyone. No, seriously, this is for, if you want to just get some products, learn some stuff. Saturday in the fellowship hall at 4 o'clock. One more reminder. This is a reminder from Tom. Please, please, everybody, there's food and stuff downstairs in the hall. Can you guys please go grab? There's abundance of stuff. We do not want to throw it away. But today is garbage day, and if you guys don't grab it, it will be thrown away. So if you guys can go right after church downstairs in the fellowship hall and grab whatever's there, take it home, give it away, please, 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 if not, it will be thrown away. And before we start, we have a birthday today. We have a birthday today, and I'm pretty sure she's turning 10, and her name is Bella. Bella's over there in the corner. So if we can all sing happy birthday to Bella on the count of three. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Bella. Happy So can we stand? Can we stand today as we get ready to step into the presence of God? Dear Holy Father, I thank you so much for what you're about to do in this room today, Father. And ask that you allow us to just decompress and release. Release anything that we're going through. Release any struggles that may be holding in. Release any bondages, anything that are keeping us put, Father. We ask that, I ask that you just allow us to just empty ourselves so that we can gain you and only you today, Lord. Father, we can't be complete without you, Lord. So, Father, let's come empty to your throne so that we can gain what you have for us today, Father. Fill us up, fill us up, fill us up, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Amen.
I'll be a living sanctuary for you. I want to be more like you, Lord. I want to be more like you, Lord. Lord, fill me up, fill me up. I want more of your love. I want more of your reign. I want more of your power. Fill me up, fill me up. Fill me up, fill me up. Fill me up, fill me up. I want more, Lord. Fill me up, fill me up. Hear the word, roaring thunder. With the new future to tell for the dry season is over there is a cloud beginning to swirl fill me up fill me up
so patient. We await the promise to come. Everything that you have spoken will come to pass. Let it be done. And we're great. you have promised will come to pass let it be Bye. 
Father, I just thank you for this time to get the Lord. And as we continue to just be in your presence and be in your praise, Father, I ask that you continue to fill us up. Continue to fill us up with your love and and your mercy. Let us realize what your mercy did for us, Father. Let us realize what you did for us on that cross. Father, open us up. Open us up today, Lord. We want nothing but you. Nothing but you. We're willing to surrender everything, Father gain you. Father, I put a special blessing upon the kids this morning, Lord. They get ready to seek and hear your word. Fill them up with your love, Lord. Allow these teachers to speak nothing but truth from their mouths, Father. Allow these teachers to speak nothing but words from you this morning, Lord. Father, show these teachers what they need to see today, what they need to put in these kids' lives today, Lord. Father, give these kids the strength Give these kids the, just the blessing that they deserve, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we have our ushers come forward? As we give, uh, get ready for ties this morning, I just want to share a scripture with you. Uh, it's in Galatians chapter 6. I'm going to start at uh, verse 2. Carry one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own work, then he'll have reason to boast in himself alone and not in someone else, for each one should carry his own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word 
must share in all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God is not to be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap in return. The one who sows to please his flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. But the one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to the family of faith. Amen? Amen. So I know it's uh, just part of how we share each other's burdens. It starts with the family of faith, you know. It starts with sharing with ourselves and giving part of sharing with our instructor and the leadership that's over us uh, spiritually is through giving. It's through tithing. Uh, that's another way that we do it, you know. And it's it's so easy for us to spend like fifty to a hundred dollars, you know, um, on like every other you know like streaming app that there is out there, sowing to our flesh and feeding ourselves for entertainment, you know. But it's just like it really says something for our loyalty to the Lord and our willingness to to give and to bear with others and to and to be there for others, you know, giving in that way uh, through tithing, you know. I mean, and it says it starts with being generous and good with the family of faith, you know. If we have a hard time giving to ourselves here and to this community here, like how are we going to do it when we walk out of the church, you know. And so it's just something for each of us to check ourselves, you know, see where we're at, you know. Some of us, maybe we're, we're doing good, we're doing great. You know, I know I've seen God work in my life when I knew things were tight. Some of y'all remember the crazy situation with my car and then getting like locked up or some crazy weird fluke thing that happened. And, you know, I didn't know what we were gonna do. Chris was in the hospital for stuff, you know, and I just had to pray and I had to like tithe and just keep giving. And like, next thing you know, like I get like a paycheck and there's like an extra like thousand dollars in it. I don't even like know where it came from. You know, like there's been like tons of other things like that that happen and it's just, God won't be mocked, you know? Like if we are sowing to the spirit, if we're gonna be faithful, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, so if we believe that, if, we're, if we take the time to really do that, like we're gonna see, you know, like he will come. It might not be this week, but he, he knows what's going on and he knows the perfect timing that tests and like develops our character as well and we're going to be so much more glad when it when it happens his way amen so let's just remember that as we give to the lord uh this morning dear heavenly father i just thank you for this time father and as we get ready to take the offering lord as that you just just be with these people as they get ready to give father a lot of them realize that you are your source you are their source and their strength you are the provider as long as they believe in you, you will provide. So, Father, let them let them realize that money is not everything. You're everything. Your promise means more than any worldly thing, Lord. So, Father, just be with these people as they get ready. Just give it up and let go. In Jesus' name we pray. Should you make up? Cause I don't wanna talk about you like you're not in this room. 
sing through you, Lord, because you're my source and you're my strength. Give me everything, Father, to let these people see you, Lord, to let them see your face, Lord, so they can gain, so that they can gain everything, everything you have, Lord. Got to give it up. They got to give it up. We all have struggles. We all have problems. Got to give it up. Give it up. How, much, how many of us believe that there's somebody that want to help us with everything that we're going through? That there's somebody that wants to lift us up and take us to a place that we've never been? We just got to let go and let God do what God does. We can't hold on to what we hold on. We can't be selfish because we don't want to give up and let somebody else help us, right? That's something I've been dealing with a lot lately. <laughs> just giving up and letting other people do what they do best, right? By me doing that, I've been realizing that, you know, God had it right in front of me this whole time. I just had to let go. <laughs> let go to receive what he already had for me. Let go to receive what he already pictured and had planned for me, right? Let go to receive so my eyes can see what he already had vision for me. I didn't see any of this until I let go. Some of you guys are still walking around with the fish scales on your eyes, right? Some of you guys are still walking around with scars, some of you guys are still rock walking around with pain, with hurt. Some of you guys are still walking around with trauma. Let it go. And let God, I'm telling you, that's the best thing you can do. Because you want to take your life to a different level. You want to take your life to glory to glory. If you want to gain something that you may not have gained yet, let go. That's all I have for you guys today, so thank you. Thank you, God.
There we are. I just want to pray for freedom to speak the word and the truth this morning. Because what God has placed on my heart, please, please, please be patient with it. And I think this message is for me and nobody else. But if you receive something from it, then God bless you. But Father, right now, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come. Fill this environment. Set us free from one thing and one thing only. Set us free from ourselves. Open our hearts, open our minds to receive everything that you have for us today. And God, we lift up Pastor Rick this morning. Where he's at, give him peace. Give him the words to speak. And God, I just, I just ask you to bless him. Bless him in a mighty way. And be with him in Jesus' name. Amen. So before I get started here, uh, just to give you guys some heads up, about three months ago I went to Pastor Rick because back in December, Shelly and I got married. And uh, yeah, that was awesome. Still is. <laughs> no, it's, it's like Shelly is this way and I'm this way and we are so opposite that you got to laugh at it. She's strong-headed and I'm strong-headed and it's just like, how is this ever going to work? And you know, it's awesome because we, we, have to, we have to take off right after church. Uh, there's, a, there's somebody that passed away, and we've we got to make the funeral. And I'm thinking, well, I'm preaching today, so I'll wear my preaching clothes, which is the same as my work clothes, which is the same as my everyday clothes. Because obviously I don't dress to impress, but I may have to. I was supposed to do this funeral. I was supposed to oversee this funeral. So I thought, these people don't know me. They, you know. So I'm thinking a suit jacket, and I'm standing in the closet, and I look over. I say, Shell, I said, would this, this silver coat go with this? And she looked at me and she said, with that? <laughs> I said, that, okay, that's all you need to say, honey. It's, it's good, I understand. So it's just kind of awesome how God works and makes things happen. But I want to speak a word this morning to those who are married. Now this word was spoken to me by God. And he said, once Shelly and I got married, that he would give us a common vision. Which is good, because Shelly's going a million miles an hour this way, and I'm going a million miles an hour this way. And it's like, how is this going to work? And God says, I'll give you a common vision. So December, January, and I'm just waiting for this word from God. What is this common vision? And then God spoke to me, and this is, this is for people that are married or about to get married or have been married. But the word that God spoke to me is, out of the overflow and out of the abundance of your marriage, there's going to be an anointing for ministry and life. And if there is no overflow from that marriage, there will be a no anointing. Now, you could still minister, but you just won't have the anointing that goes with it. And I thought, wow. This is going to take some time to digest. So I went to Pastor Rick and I said, hey man, can I, can I get some time and kind of step back from everything because I really need to focus on this. This is very, very important. And so he said, yeah, absolutely, whatever you need. So if you guys haven't seen me around or been as active as what I normally was for the last three months, that's what's been happening. That's what's been transitioning. 
And so a lot of you here have been divorced or you're single and never been married. And you're thinking, well, what does that word have to do with me? It doesn't apply to me. And yes, it does apply to you. You see, because before I could have an overflow in my marriage, I have to have an overflow of my relationship with God through Jesus Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit. That marriage comes before this marriage. And so even if you're single, your marriage, your current marriage, out of the overflow of that marriage will create an anointing in your life. And I say life because I get so tired of hearing the word ministry, outreach ministry, this ministry, that ministry. And there needs to come a point in a time to where, guys, this is not ministry. And until we get rid of that, it's always going to be ministry. And at some point, sometime, there needs to be transition in a body of believers. It's not ministry. It's lifestyle. And it's our lives. And it's, and it's not just reserved for Sunday. This is what our lives look like here today. But six days of the week otherwise. The message that God gave me, man, it's 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 kind of like, like God, how do I, how do I share this, and people not be offended? So, to avoid all that, this message isn't for you guys. This message is for me. It's got nothing to do with none of you. It's solely about me. Amen. Amen. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw some scriptures out. Steve and Darlene, they do the Bible study. Glory to God. Thank you so much for taking that over. Uh, so when you do your Bible study on this one, uh, you guys, lots of luck. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 55, well, before I do that, uh, not that I care about YouTube or anything like that, but is this mic, it's tied into the YouTube, right? Like I know there's been a couple Sundays that it was muted out. Anyhow, I'm going to count to three, and uh, I want everybody here to say, hi, Andrew, we love you. And this dude's over in Trinidad, and whether he's watching it now or going to watch it later on, I want him to know that he's loved back here in the United States. And he has a bunch of people that has his back no matter what choices he makes in life. So on three, everybody say, hi, Andrew, we love you. One, two, three. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. This talks about uh, God's thoughts are not like our thoughts and God's ways are not like our ways. God's thoughts are actually higher than our thoughts, and God's ways are actually higher than our ways. So that's the foundation that I want to build this message on so that you have a better understanding because the message is tough, man. You know, I, I, I look at some of the stuff that's been happening in a church, and I look around and I see the lives that are being changed. I see the lives that are being transformed. And see, this is why it doesn't make sense to me. You know, I look up on a drum booth and I see braces and slings and, and crutches 
and I see the Holy Spirit moving. There's not a Sunday that goes by that we don't encounter a move of the Spirit or signs, wonders, and miracles. Pentecost Sunday, we got two doves flying around in here. It, it's just one thing after another after another. But then God gives me this word to speak this morning and to preach on this morning, and it's found in a book of Revelations, uh, chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. And this is, this is messed up. Like, I'm like, God, how? Like, I don't understand how this works. But remember the foundational scripture that I just gave you. God's ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So that tells me there's two ways of looking at things. We could look at things in a natural or we could look at things in a supernatural. And we're so used to looking things in the natural, that's where the conflict comes in. So in Revelation chapter 3, uh, he's talking about the church of Laodicea. And, you know, Laodicea, just a quick background, man, I'm going to blast through this. Laodicea was a very, very wealthy city, and they had more money and knew what to do with. And so an earthquake come along, it wiped out the city, destroyed everything. The government stepped in and they said, hey, we will help you rebuild the city. And they had so much money, they said, no, we don't need your money. You keep your money, we're going to rebuild it ourselves. One of the issues that they had in Laodicea is they had no source of water. So on this side, miles away, they had the hot springs. And on this side, miles away, they had the cold springs. And they thought, we will build aqueducts and we'll just pipe this water in. Sounded like a good idea. And what they found was because there was such a distance from Laodicea to the hot springs, by the time the hot water came in, it was lukewarm. And over at the cold springs, uh, the, the water was ice cold, but because of the heat and the atmosphere, by the time that water came in, it was lukewarm. And Jesus makes reference to the church of Laodicea. He says, I see your works, I know your works. And he says, you know, you are neither hot nor cold. I, I wish you would be one or the other. But because you are lukewarm, I am about to spew you out of my mouth. Another translation, vomit you out of my mouth. Another translation, spit you out of my mouth. And I don't care what translation I use, it doesn't sound very good. And I thought, God, why would you give me, like everything that we're seeing here, it doesn't add up. I'm seeing people get healed. I'm seeing signs, wonders, miracles. I'm seeing doves. I'm, I'm looking at medical equipment. I'm seeing God moving people's lives. And I don't understand why God would put this kind of message on my heart. And he took me back to that foundational scripture. God's ways are not man's ways, and his thoughts are are not like our thoughts because his ways and his thoughts are higher. So I thought, okay, obviously I'm missing something here, and it has to do with the lukewarm church or perhaps the lukewarm Christian. Amen? The Bible teaches out of the mouth of two or three witnesses it will be established, and I say, God, you got to show me some scripture. you got to show me some situations that we can identify according to the word of God. Scripture translations... Scripture translates Scripture. So I can't go off and preach a message that I can't back by Scripture. So I thought, well, Old Testament. And what God gave to me was in Genesis chapter 19, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. So you had Lot and his family in this house, 
and there were angels that came to visit that city, and the city was messed up. I mean, it was, it was, it was almost messed up as what the world is today. Uh, but these angels, the men of the city called these angels out of Lot's house because they wanted to sodomize them. And Lot went even as far as saying, I have two daughters that are virgins. I will give you them. Please don't touch these men because Lot knew that they were angels. And so what wound up happening was the angel said, look, I'm going to give you an opportunity to save yourself. I'm going to give you an opportunity for salvation. But you have to leave everything behind and you can escape. One catch, you can't look back. And many of us, we uh, kind of go through our Christian walk and what I've noticed is the problems that we encounter, it's because we don't live life out of the past wounds of Jesus Christ. We live life out of our own past wounds. And that's what winds up determining what we do and who we are. And you see, Lot's wife, she didn't want to leave everything behind. She did want to be saved. She did want to escape. And they ran. And for some unknown reason, she had to turn around to look at what she left behind. And we could just say that was a very salty situation for her. <laughs> but my question is, like, how do I identify that story with my own life? Like, when things start getting escalated, how do I react? You see, because I know if there's any conflict between Shelly and I, and there never is because we got the perfect marriage, but if there's ever any conflict between Shelly and I, what I notice is there's things that rise up on the inside of me. And you know what? Every bit of those things has to do with something that's happened before I even met Shelly. And I wind up acting out of past wounds and past hurts. Now what God showed me to do is no matter how much she has a potential of aggravating me, if she says or she does something to get me stirred up, step one, go to the throne of grace. Father, what is it in me that you're trying to show me that needs to change. And he shows me. And it's like, Father, give me the grace so this change could be made in me. This message, my life, I don't want it to be an inspiration. What we need is transformation. There's too many speakers out there, there's too many churches out there that give inspiration. I don't want inspiration. I'm too old for inspiration. I want transformation. I want my life and your life to look like the life of Jesus Christ. And as long as I'm focused on me and God bless me and my three and the hell with everybody else, then nothing ever changes. But when you have the heart of Christ, 
then it's no longer your life. It's no longer about you. It's about the people that you have the capacity of reaching that I don't. And, you know, I, I'm looking at the messages that Pastor Rick preached these last three months, you know, and, and the ones that stand out, he's talking about the orphan spirit, which is the same thing as a religious spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm thinking, this, this is, these aren't normal teachings. These are teachings that should really make a difference in our lives unless we take that message and put it up on a shelf with the rest of the messages. You're either going to use it and it's going to change your life or you're going to set it up there and do nothing with it. And you see, if you're all about yourself, put it on a shelf. You, don't, you really don't need it. But if you want to make a change in somebody's life, you can't give what you don't possess. And that's why the Word of God, these messages that have been preaching, that's why they're so important. It's not about you. It's about the people that you're called to reach. It's no longer about me. It doesn't make sense. I still have people that want to argue about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't believe in that tongue stuff. Well, okay, cool. I'm, I'm all right with that. You don't believe in it? You don't need it? But I don't understand. Like, I really don't understand. You want to argue doctrine with me. You know, Kirk, God bless him, man. I, awesome to see him there here this morning. And he had, uh, I don't know, we're coming up on two weeks. He had surgery. I took him up Allegheny General. His surgery was five and a half hours. They took him in, and I thought, what am I going to do for five and a half hours? So needless to say, I almost got kicked out of Allegheny General. <laughs> I had to literally go from one floor to the next through the fire escape because security was wondering what all the racket was about. I wasn't trying, I was just walking through the hospital, praying for people, speaking life into people, prophesying, signs, wonders, and miracles, people freaking out, demons coming out of people. Yeah, it was kind of radical. That was only for five and a half hours. But isn't it kind of crazy how God used something the enemy meant for harm and all those people got touched. That's what life is supposed to look like. It's not our lives anymore. Jesus even said, if anybody comes after me, number one, deny yourself. That means you don't have a life no more. You just gave it away. It's not my life to say what I'm going to do with. Wherever he tells me to go, I'm going to go. Whatever he tells me to do, I'm going to do. This whole thing about people relapsing, going back into the funk, going back to the vomit that they come out of, the only reason is is because life is still about you. You haven't realized that you have a plan and purpose. Man, I, I'm just like, I'm shot on this deal. So in the New Testament, there's another example of being lukewarm. That's in uh, Acts. talk about Ananias and Sapphira you know Ananias and Sapphira they sold a plot of land and they were supposed to give the money to the church 
And when they presented the money, they weren't honest about it. And they asked him, you got this amount of money for the land? Yeah, this is what we got. Well, they lied because they got more and they held some back for themselves. Now, had they said, no, we actually got this amount of money, but we're hanging on to this amount, that would have been fine. But Ananias and Sapphira both lied. And they said, you ain't lying to us, you're lying to the Holy Spirit, you're lying to God. And they drug both of their bodies out of there. You see, Ananias and Sapphira, they were lukewarm. They weren't sold out. But see, they didn't have to be like totally sold out to the community living, community lifestyle. All they had to do was be honest. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. All I'm asking y'all to do is be honest. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with each other's dear God. Please be honest with me. If you're messing up, don't put that front on. Please tell me, dude, I relapsed. I, I fell into this. I fell into sin. At least I know how to pray for you. But there's so many games that we play with each other, and life is good, and this is good, and, and it's a bunch of crap is what it is. Honestly, let's just get real with each other here. We're called to be brothers and sisters in Christ. We're called to be a family of God. And you know, the crazy thing is, is I hear people say, well, I've ministered to this person, I've ministered to this person, and you know, they won't receive Christ, and it's just like, well, maybe they just don't like the Jesus that you're presenting. Because you know what, and sometimes, and I, and I just got to be honest with you all, I see people on, I'm talking to myself, I, Dan, I see you on Sunday, but the rest of the week, Dan, you look like a total different person. Now I can understand why maybe people don't want the Jesus that Dan presents. Oh, remember, this is about me. Nobody else. Amen, amen. I just gave you some direction. God's ways are not man's ways, and sometimes, sometimes we live in this bubble, this little bubble that we live in, right? And sometimes God calls a short, fat, bald guy to, to bring this needle to pop this bubble so that we could see life and see what life is really about. And that's part of what God wants to try to do this morning. You see, we don't see things for, let me give you an example. We're labeled as that church, right? We, we, we coined that label, we're that church. And the reason we're that church is because when we look at other churches, and we compare ourselves to other churches. Like, I could go in some of these churches and it's like, hey, is that guy over there breathing? Like, the Spirit of God is not moving. You don't, you don't see, they don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. They don't believe in healing. They don't believe in any of that. And it's like, of course, our church compared to that church, yeah, we're over the top. Remember, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And the way God judges things, it's not natural, it's supernatural. Now watch how this works. Because we have had signs, wonders, miracles. Because we have a move of the Holy Spirit. 
because we have freedom to worship in this church. I'd say we got a pretty good church. But now if I step over to this church, I become uncomfortable because there's no move of the Spirit. Now let me ask you this question. The outpouring of the Spirit, the level of the outpouring of the Spirit that he, that's here, do you think the expectation that God has on our lives is different than this church over here that has not experienced an outpouring of the Holy Spirit? You see, I'm so tired of comparing our church with other churches. And God's ways are not our ways. And an example of that is, you know, there were people coming and putting money in a pot and Jesus was standing there and watching them and all these wealthy people were coming, dropping money in a pot. And there was a poor widow that came along and put two copper coins in. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this woman has given more than anybody. Now, in a natural, that don't add up. This dude over here dropped $1,000. This guy dropped $100. But this poor widow just put two cents in. But she gave more. And Jesus said, she gave out of her poverty. These people gave out of their excess. She gave her life. So the question is, is what does lukewarm look like in my life? Not your life, my life. Because we're all different, and I can't, I can't judge anybody unless I'm judged. You know, I know a lot of times people have a tendency of judging. Not, not in this church, but people have a tendency of judging. You know, it says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And I know some of you are going to critique me and say, well, you know, that was the entrance to the city and you had to strip the camel down so he could slide through and you had to leave the... Let's just keep it simple. Okay? I'm going to mess up in this message. You, you could tell everybody, oh, it's okay. It's all right. I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, and I'm preaching to myself, so you guys got to be okay with it. You know, it's difficult for a rich person to get into heaven because where's their focus? That's the question. Well, I didn't see anybody here, and I wasn't outside, but I'm pretty like 99.999% sure nobody drove up in a Maserati this morning. I think that's safe to say. So it's kind of difficult for us to relate to being rich. There's some of us have more money than others. Some of us have less money than others. So it's sometimes it's difficult to relate to that until a short, fat, bald guy busts your bubble. And I said bubbles. I didn't say something else. At the end of the day, here's what it comes down to. I could take, I could take you and walk you through Ambridge, and all through Ambridge you got these little huts that have canned goods in it. We have a problem here this morning. Gosh, can you guys go down after church and go down to the basement of the schoolhouse because there's such an excess of food. We need to get rid of it, otherwise we're going to have to throw it out. 
That's a tough problem to have. To be poor and average means I could go to either one of these stations and I know I got food to eat. You know, I could take the poorest person in Ambridge and take them to another country and they would be considered wealthy. And I know y'all heard that before. But my prayer this morning is that God sets us free not to hear it, but to hear it. Sometimes we don't understand because we don't see the big picture. We're so caught up in our own little world, our own little bubble. Well, me, not you guys. I'm preaching to me this morning. So there's a, I got to get this guy's name right. Kim will correct me. Bruce, a lot of boo, a lot of bue. Uh, he's coming here the 25th of June and uh, I wish I had time to tell the history is how our paths have run across and how we met but it's Kim and Tony's fault basically is what I could tell you him being here it, the origin of it goes back to Kim and Tony uh, but I had an opportunity of meeting with this guy. And before I get into this, who here, I don't, I don't like to read. I'll read the Word of God, but I could count the books that I read in my life on one hand. That's, I'm, I'm just, I'm not wired for it. But is there anybody in here that, like, loves to read and is diligent with it? Okay. This is his book. So, y'all put your hands back up, the diligent readers. I'm going to give this book away, and here's the problem. You got to look around this room. I could read this book in two days, and I don't read. But I'm going to give you this book, and your responsibility is to get this book to somebody that has their hand up. Deal? Glory to God. So don't worry about it. That book, it's only going to turn your world upside down. It's going to turn you inside out, and you will never be the same. So we have this man coming in the 25th of June. Oh, I wanted to get it right. That's why I didn't ask you. The name of the book is Out of the Slave Fields. And... Uh, Shelly and I ran across this guy, and it was through Kim and Tony and the Remnant Sons and blah, blah, blah. None of that really matters. But uh, meeting the guy for the first time, I'm looking at him. And I'm like, dude, you look wore out. And he's like, yeah, I just got back from a trip. And I said, oh, okay, thinking vacation. And he said, you want to see some pictures? And it's like, guys, I don't want to see your vacation. Like, I, I, honestly, I, I just, I don't. But out of respect, and I'm like, yeah, sure. So he pulled his phone out and he looked at it and there's, I don't know, 15 to 20 little children, ages 5 to 15, dirty, nasty, wore out, 
all walking in a group and he's walking with them. Don't look like much of a vacation picture to me. I said, what, what's this all about? He said, oh, those are the children that we rescued. I said, uh, okay. He told me the country they were in and this is what they do. And he rescued them out of sex slave and labor slave. You see, I'm, I'm here to bust your bubble. I said bubble. Because we live in this world of God bless me and my three and the hell with everybody else. Uh, sometimes we don't see the big picture. And that's where the challenge comes in. You see, if all I do is listen to the messages that come out of this pulpit, the gifts of the Spirit, the move of the Spirit, how to battle off the orphan spirit, the religious spirit, that's all great stuff up here. But if it's not here, then it really doesn't change anybody's lives. And I need to hear that for myself. Because although I prayed for a multitude of people at Allegheny General, I didn't get kicked out. So obviously I didn't go over the top that day. I could have done a better job. And I probably could have if you were there, but you weren't there with me. Kirk was, but he was sleeping. What a slacker. I told him a long time ago, and you guys could apply this to your life. If you got to go to the hospital, you got to go to the doctor, stop fighting it. Just go, because you're going to come in touch with people that you'll never see again in your life. And the whole reason that you're going there, it's not because of your sickness, your disease, whatever. They need Jesus. And this old boy over here, man, I tell you what, you want your life to be turned upside down, he will radically turn your life upside down. I go in the room, they're about to take him into surgery, and he said, wait, wait, wait before we go. Dan, you need to pray for the surgeon and the nurses. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Kurt, they're getting ready to roll you out here. But that's just the way he's wired. You know, and maybe it's an age thing. Maybe I take life a little more serious because I'm older now. You know, there's good ideas and there's God ideas. I don't have time for good ideas any longer in my life because they cost you time, energy, and money. But I got the rest of my life for God ideas. So this book that you're about to read, I just give you a little bit of background on it. You know, this is what Bruce does. He's going to be here on the 25th of June. You all need to promote it. This, this place needs to be overwhelmed, packed. Not for our benefit. I want to bless this man. I want this man to come in here, and I want him to get revived because he's tired and he's wore out. I want this man to establish a new fire because of that church. I want this man to have a, have a new birth of energy on the inside of him because he has saved over thousands of children out of sex slavery, out of labor slavery. I, I, I purchased a book off of him. I don't read books. I read to page 70 the first morning and I set the book down and long story short, by the end of the day, I had given the book away to somebody. So I called him up, 
I say, hey, man, I need to come down and get another book. So I went down, and he said, well, how'd you like the book? And I said, I said, look, man, I said, I've been through a lot of stuff in my life, and I've seen a lot of stuff. I said, yeah, the book will mess you up. I said, but here's what really messed me up. I said, you. And he looked at me, and he said, me? I said, yeah. I said, in the course of our conversation, you told me you were 68 years old. This man is selling his property, selling everything that he owns so he can continue to do the work, to continue to do the calling that's on his life. And I said, you know, it's not very often that I see somebody that's willing to give all for the kingdom of God. And I realized part of my problem and part of my problem of being lukewarm is because I don't have enough men of God in my life like Bruce. You see, Bruce didn't have to say anything to me. He didn't have to speak a word to me because all I had to do was look at his life. I need men of God in my life that present a challenge to me. We all need people in our lives that present challenges, not through word, but through lifestyle. You know, I want to change. I don't even want a remnant of lukewarm being in me. And my question is, is what's holding me back? And I think a lot of times we live in this little bubble. And sometimes it just comes down to reality, like God search my heart and show me. And for each one of us, it's going to be different. There's two things that are very consistent in my life. This is one. I snagged some off of Kim this morning because I was running low. She carries the good stuff, black rifle. And the other thing is, if you guys know me, I smoke. Uh, Ryan and Rose, can you stand up just for a second? Y'all know Brian and Rose? If you don't know Brian and Rose, please get to know them. Please introduce yourself to them after church. Okay, guys, you can sit down. You know, Brian and Rose, uh, whether they know it or not, they are the people that challenged my life. You see, they went to the Philippines and just just a fraction of their story when they got over there, the whole village that they were in. People were having seizures and they were full of fever. And within a month, them guys going over there and doing what they do, the village was clear. But you know what? It only cost them their life. They had to make a decision. And I'm not saying we're all called to go to the Philippines. We're not all called to go out and rescue children. But my question here this morning is, what are you called to do? 
And once you figure that out, it's like, oh, gosh, I don't know. We'll, we'll read the Word, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you. That's the first thing. And realize that I don't care if you want to go celebrate recovery, 12-step. You know, you, your first step is, man, I got an issue. I got a problem. The problem is me. I need to be set free from me. I need to be set free from Dan Lucas. I'm not putting this on any of you guys because I have a very, very bad past. None of you know what it is because I'll never speak of it. There's not a morning that I wake up that the enemy does not remind me of stuff that I've done in the past. And where Paul says to fight the good fight of faith, that's what it is. You see, if I start my day off and I think about those things that are behind me, it's not going to be a productive day and I'll probably wind up going down the wrong path. So for some of you here, it's an option to serve God. For me, it's a matter of life and death. I can't afford it. I was talking to Brian. We're also, Shelly and I, uh, we support a pastor over in Africa, Pastor Prince. Some of y'all have met him. And, you know, I told Shelly, I'm like, man, we're supporting this, supporting this, supporting this. And it's just, it's crazy. Oh. Uh, But sometimes we have to have a better understanding. So and I'll probably get this wrong, but that's okay. Brian can correct me later. But I said, Brian, how, like dollars and cents wise, well, what, what does it look like over there? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, what does it cost to feed somebody over there? He sat there and thought for a minute, and he said, well, I could buy $40 of rice, and I could feed 50 households. Not 50 people, 50 households. So you're telling me for 40 bucks, you could reach 50 families. Yeah. I love my wife. My wife has never condemned me on purpose in any way, shape, or form. But my wife has prayed for me on a daily basis. This message, it's a difficult message because here I am standing here calling not you guys, but myself lukewarm. And after prayer this morning, I went back home, and she said, well, what was going on with you last night? I'm like, what do you mean? She said, dude, you were, you were out of control. She said, I finally put my hand on you and prayed for you. You see, the enemy is going to look for every avenue, option to come back, even when you're sleeping. He'll mess you up in your dreams. So everything has been coming against me. For this message. So I'm thinking like 40 bucks. I could feed 50 houses in the Philippines. 
I don't have to go to the Philippines because I've already got somebody that said, it ain't my life, I'm going to go there. And I just got to thinking, like, dude. And if I, and I, and if I put it out there, it's the last thing you guys want to hear, hey, we need more money, we need more money. I get it, I understand it. So, talking to myself, not to anybody here. Cup of coffee. You know, Clay just told me this morning, he's like, how much does that coffee cost? I said, in between two and three bucks. He got a refill. He's like, it was two bucks. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I don't know how many of these I go through a day. But even if it's just three bucks a piece, take it by 30 days. Adds up. I smoke. Now, I haven't stopped smoking because when I hear people tell me, oh, brother, don't you know your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit? I just want to say, shut up. The Bible says, judge not lest you be judged by the same measure. Let's go do a body mass index on you. And let's see how fat you really are. I know I'm fat, but let me convince you, you're destroying your temple because of the Twinkies that you're shoving in your mouth. No, what it is, is people don't love me. They want to control me through the law. You need to stop smoking. Oh, okay, let me step back under the law and carry the law. You see, the law doesn't change me. The Bible says, therefore, no one be declared righteous in sight by observing the law but rather through the law, we become conscious as to what sin is. For those of you that never condemn me, especially my wife, there's two things that have to leave my life this morning. Two things that I love that are from this world. And it's not because I want to be holier than thou. It's because people need to eat in the Philippines. But I'll give up my coffee and I'll give up my cigarettes and I'll do it today. You see, because before, when the religious people come at me, you're going to get a fight from me. But then when I see there's a reason for a lifestyle change. I'm all in. When we see in our lives, there's a reason for a lifestyle change, it's a whole lot easier stepping into that. Some of you, some of y'all have been talking Jesus to other people and you're hitting a dead end. It's because they don't like the Jesus that you're presenting. Because the Bible says it's the love of God which draws men to repentance. I don't care how much you know. Until I know how much you care. I love you guys enough to be honest with you. But here's my question. Like, we got a brother in Christ and a sister in Christ back here that... They are giving their lives up 
for the Philippines. And look at the amount of people that are here today. Dude, if we gave 50 cents apiece for 30 days, do you realize what a difference that that would make? And I'm not going to get bound up on talking about the tithe and how that all works and the, and the whole prosperity message. This is life and death for people. You know, it's time that we step out of ministry and we step into lifestyle. I don't have time for ministry. I don't have time for religion. I don't have time for tradition. I know I'm different. I know I don't fit. I'm okay with that. You're the ones that aren't, but that's okay. I'm even okay with you not being okay, okay? <laughs> what it comes down to is I can't change myself. How am I going to change anybody in here? It's done by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God. If God is speaking something to you today and just making it just, just clear as day, and it's like, God, how can that ever happen? It can't, so don't try. It's got to be done by His grace. The same grace that saved you is the same grace that you walk this thing out with. The Bible says, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith, this not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works so that no man can boast. So what, I'm going to change? I'm going to make myself look different? That's the problem. Because y'all, no, Dan, you could be a different person on Sunday and then the six days of the week, I'll see you out there ripping and roaring on the street. Glory to God. Out of the mouth of babes, suffer the children not. There's things in our lives that we have incorporated and we've been okay with. And we come to church on Sunday and we say, God, give us more, give us more, give us more. And God looks at our lives and our hearts and he says, there's no room for more because you have Jesus incorporated, it's a portion of Jesus Christ and it's a portion of the world. The portion of the world that you carry with you is because of your past wounds. That's a portion of your heart that you haven't submitted to God. The scars, the wounds, the pains in your heart, you haven't opened it up and say, take it. That's why we stumble and fall. It's not because of the past of Jesus. It's because of our past. That was a pretty good message for Dan Lucas this morning. Man, I want some coffee so bad. But, and I know it's only by the grace of God that my life could change and not have coffee and not have cigarettes. So it ain't nothing about me, nothing. It's got to come by his grace, and it's going to happen the way he wants it to happen, how he wants it to happen. But you know what? It, it, isn't, it, isn't it like, wouldn't it be cool if we had people in our lives that would challenge us without speaking? 
Wouldn't it be awesome if lifestyles would challenge us? Just a thought. I'm speaking about my world, my life, Dan Lucas, nobody else. If the Bible's true in what it says, and I kind of lean towards that, uh, it says that God knew you before the foundation of the earth was formed. He knew the plan and the purpose for your life. He already knew us. And then it says that he knitted us together in our mother's womb. So here's our created value. Over here, he knits us together. And now we're born for such a time as this. So here's the thing. Where do you go to church? I go to that church. Why do you go there? Well, I just choose to. No, you didn't. This is God's plan for your life. And the reason that you go to that church is because there's a calling of God in your life. You can't get away from it. There's a higher expectation that people go to that church because there's more of a move of the spirit. There's more truth. There's more of everything. So in our life, why isn't there more? In my life, why isn't there more? I keep having to catch myself. All kidding aside, the reason your life for some people here today, and please don't be offended if this doesn't apply to you, but there's some people here today that you keep hitting that brick wall over and over and over and over and over, and you're wondering why is that? And it's because you haven't totally given your life to Jesus Christ. You may have confessed him as your savior at one time, but you never confess him as Lord of your life. And you know, when I see things happening I'm grateful that you've been born for such a time as this. Stephen Darlene, I love you guys. You've been born for such a time as this. Doing a Bible study, that's awesome, that's great, that's good. Now you're about to step out and do this thing about a book called The Bait of Satan. Which, I, whew, man, you want to talk about a book, I'll mess you up. And I encourage everybody that's offended here today, Go to that course so that you can learn how not to be offended. It truly is the bait of Satan. But Steve and Darlene, at, at, at the age that they are, it's like, well, you know, they're older and they should be doing that. Listen, you know, they're doing it because there's nobody younger, hello, that is doing it. And the purpose that y'all are doing a Bible study is not to do a Bible study. The whole purpose is so that y'all raise up other people to run a Bible study. We're called to raise up disciples. So I thank you for being born for such a time as this. And it's my prayer that the gifts and the treasures that God has placed in you, that you've been holding on to for a long time, as you begin to open up and allow people to begin to draw on that.
spoke to a young lady this week. I don't want to embarrass anybody. Not saved that long. Excited. She said, I saw this lady at Walmart. And I passed her up and I knew I was supposed to stop. And then I stopped. And I gave her money. And I prayed for her. See, some, some of you guys, like, it's like, yes, yeah, so what? The question is, what did you do this week? How many people have you prayed for this week? What does lukewarm look like in each and every one of our lives? The biggest problem that we should be contending with at this church is that baptismal over there. And Rick's phone should be ringing off the wall. Rick should be overwhelmed, like, I can't keep this together. There's too many people that want to baptize other people. Because the Bible doesn't say the pastor baptizes. It says to raise up disciples, and the disciples baptize people over there. Preach to myself, guys. You see, until we get a revelation of what is and who God has created us to be, then we're going to blend in with every other church in Western countries. So people in the Philippines need what we have, but we need more so what they have. And you see, God's going to use this church whether you change or not. One of the stories that Brian told me was in, in one of the other villages, they wanted him to come and pray for this lady that had cancer that was sold out. She was going to die. Now, this is in another village in the Philippines. The Philippines, that's like across the river a couple miles away. You guys know, you realize that, right? They don't have TV. They don't have all the things that we have. And Brian's like, why does she want me? Because they heard about this guy named Trey that had a miracle happen in his life. Now, how does that work? You got somebody in the Philippines, a lady dying of cancer, and she heard about Trey from that church. God's awesome and God wants to use this body of believers to change the world. And what, How does that work? What does that look like? One person at a time? I don't know. Maybe a cup of coffee a week. Maybe a pack of cigarettes. Dude, I'm ready to let it all go. And I need, I need, honestly, what I need in my life is this. I need that true community. What do we have in common that brings us unity? And don't, don't tell me like, oh, we have church. No, dude, what I need is to know that not if when I go on a mission field, if I lose my life, are you willing to step up and make sure these needs are met. That's what life is supposed to look like. Those are the relationships that we're supposed to have. I don't own anything with the people that I live in covenant with. Whatever I have, I don't take ownership. They have full access to it. That'll ruffle some feathers. It's like, what keeps us from doing that? What's going to change our life? Because at the end of the day, that's what we need. We just need a heart transplant. 
the drugs, the alcohol, everything else. Dude, like, if you just let go of yourself, those things will fall off. Because you've been created for such a time as this. And if you're doing what God's called you to do, I promise these things will begin to peel off of you. I used to be a drug addict. I used to be an alcoholic. I just don't, it's not like, oh, wow, you're clean. No, I just don't have a desire for those things anymore. Like, I just don't have a place in my life anymore. And it's not like special me or I'm some, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. It's the same spirit. It's just like how much religion and how much tradition will we tolerate? And I, I think at the end of the day, I want one foot in the kingdom of God and maybe a half a foot into the world. Maybe that's because life is still about you. And do you realize that had it not been for that church and Trey's miracle, there would be a lady dead cancer today by the way he did go pray for her and she was totally healed now, I'm not going to say no names this is from another church anyways but a young man come out uh, from a different part of the country and he showed back up at church and uh, some people were walking up the steps heard this loud scream from the sidewalk because he was smoking a cigarette. Loud voice says, oh, I see you brought that nasty habit back with you. Where's the love, man? It's the love of God which draws men to repentance. If we want change, there's got to be a reason for change. And it's not putting each other back under the law. It's not condemning each other. And sometimes I got to be honest with you guys, ministry, if you need that title, and you need to be called a minister, can we just become what the Bible says that we are? And can we make it a lifestyle? I guess I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I'm just being honest with you guys. I want the Holy Spirit to have the freedom to move the way the Holy Spirit wants to move. No obstructions. Y'all looking at <laughs> glory to God. <laughs> and that's a prime example. It's just like, where is the freedom? Where is the freedom? Where is the freedom? You see, freedom is supposed to come through Jesus Christ. And I don't know. I guess this is what, during or according to tradition or religion, this is where I'm supposed to give an altar call. You know, with every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm sorry, guys. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have that in me. I'm sorry. 
And the reason is, can we just get real? Can we get real with each other? You don't know what's going to happen. You may walk out there and get hit by a truck. Can we get real? It's the love of God which draws men to repentance. You know, after the service, if you want to give your life to Christ, more than happy to lead you in a prayer to confess Jesus as your Lord. But unfortunately, if you were willing to raise your hand on that, there's a lot of people here that have accepted Jesus as their Savior, but is he the Lord of your life? Is he calling the shots? Are you willing to die to yourself? One last thing. I'm preaching to myself, remember that. I, you know, I need to get saved. Uh, why is it prior to coming to Christ we lived a lifestyle that was crazy, insane. You know, it went from being a weekend warrior to partying seven days a week. And then all of a sudden we get saved and now I'm going to conform into this person. You've been born for such a time as this to be such a person as that. Wake up. Wake up. I'm going to challenge you today till the cows come home. I've never been to a man up event before in my life. I went yesterday. And here's the biggest thing that stood out. At least a thousand men there. Worship's going on, awesome worship. And I'm just watching and I'm trying to hold back like I don't want to have one of my explosive outbreaks. And I'm, and I'm watching these men of God and I'm thinking, ah, what's going on? And God wanted me to see that. God wanted me to encounter that. Because it came up to the last speaker right before the, the coach of the Steelers, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, he was supposed to get up and speak. So before they came, you know, as they were coming out, they had this huge box and it was full of footballs. And all these uh, <clears throat> men of God that when it came to worship, there wasn't a whole lot of things going on. But man, break out those footballs and you, the place come unglued because everybody wanted a free football. And I took a step back and my heart grieved. And it's like, so, so who said, who said when you come to Christ, you got to settle down? Why? Can't you be that crazy guy you always were? And some of us stopped fighting it. We were born addicts. That's the way God created us. That'll ruffle some religious feathers. But he created us to be addicted to him and his kingdom. 
You're supposed to be a wild child. You're supposed to be on fire. You're supposed to be getting after it. Been created for such a time as this. That men's home up there, <clears throat> I'm surprised, like, the cops ain't called on that place all the time because the worship is so intense and people were so sold out. So I guess I was a little hard on myself today in preaching this message. And I guess maybe I should look in the mirror, mirror and apologize to myself. But to be honest with you guys, I think it's just time for us to wake up. I think it's time for us to be open to change. I think it's time to maybe reach up on that shelf and pull those messages that got dust on them and brush it off and start becoming who the word says that we are. So Trey, hi buddy. <laughs> I, I just want Trey to come up here and uh, I don't know, man, if you all want change today, like seriously, if there's something holding you back, you can't live a double lifestyle. It's impossible. You can't do it. As a matter of fact, you'll be more miserable living a double lifestyle because now you know what's right and what's wrong. And every time you do what's wrong, the Holy Spirit is going to convict you. And the Bible says you're more miserable then than prior to salvation. It would have been better for you not to be saved. And some of you have encountered that. And it's like, well, why can't I let go of this stuff that I do? It's because your unwillingness to close this door because you might miss out on something. You know, sex outside of marriage, like, how can I, like, not do that anymore? Because it's fun. Biblically, it's fun. It says sin is sweet for a season, but, I, but in the end, it leads to death. So if you want to be religious and... and you know, rebuke me for saying these things. Sin is fun, but in the end it leads to death. And until you close the door to specific things in your life, you can't open the door totally to making Jesus the Lord of your life. I can't change myself. If I have an addiction, the change has to be made by the grace of God. So if you need change in your life this morning or you're just at the point where you're ready and willing just to give everything over, you know, I'd ask you to come up for prayer. There's some of you in here that have a calling in your life. Uh, there's specific callings that I see in people's lives that are sitting here today. And there's some words that I wanted to speak to people today, but they were, they were more on a personal level, and I'm not here to embarrass anybody. I'm here to embarrass myself and beat myself up this morning. So I'd ask you as, as Trey plays this last song, uh, if you feel need to give something up or let go, depression keeps coming up uh, the whole time I was talking. There's somebody here that's battling with depression and this depression is causing you to do things you normally wouldn't do because you're isolating and you're stepping back. And the people that could speak truth and love into your life you're actually stepping back from them and you're gravitating towards people that will speak lies in your life. There's also a, uh, 
there's also some pain that a person has in their body, but the reason that you have that pain is there's uh, some unforgiveness and you've tried and tried and tried to forgive this person and you can't and God would have you to know today that he wants to set you free from that this morning and it will be accomplished by his grace and through his spirit. Uh, this whole money thing that I was talking about here today, there's some of you that said, yep, there's some things that I could cut out of my life but you don't want to let go of them yet. That's obtained by the grace of God. So if any of that pertains to you, if you need prayer for anything, the altar is open as Trey comes and plays this song. And if you're one of those people that just say, hey, you know what, man? Like, I understand what you're saying. And uh, no, I haven't. I haven't made Jesus the Lord of my life. Uh, Maybe today's the day. Allow the Spirit of God to move freely here on this last song. And those of you that need something, God, I pray that you would give them the grace to boldly step out and come up to receive what you have for them. Uh, if you all want to leave, you can leave. If not, you can hang out. It's all up to you. Love you guys.
church over these people, Father. Sweet your sickle, Lord. Sweet your sickle, Lord. Sweet your sickle, Lord. Over this city, Lord. Swing it, swing it, Lord. We want a new move. We want a new move. Father, Holy Spirit, new move. Father, Holy Spirit, no the Holy Spirit in my head. We want to know more of the Holy Spirit. No more of the Holy Spirit. No more of the Holy Spirit in my head. Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit. So good, you're so good. You are so good. Good, good, 
is better. Yes, it's better, it's better.
Speak. 